0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning Winning trial. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Draft podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, first day of training camp has come and gone. There's been a lot of excitement going around about it. Saw videos from yesterday. It looked like You know, the kids were into it. The players were into it. It looked like it was a really good time, aside from the heat, of course, yesterday. (laughs) Which which
0: wasn't too bad. Now, today will be a different story. Uh, But yesterday, can't even complain about the weather. It was hot. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) not the type of heat that we were enduring for the majority of training camp last year that we're probably going to endure for most of training camp this year as the temperature is going up by the day this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, good first day, uh, the, like you said, the kids and everybody was out there. I'll say this, we're used to Lamar when Lamar gets out there, you you know, it's a different roar. It's a different cheer, uh, when he's there. And it was, it was that case again, but Beckham being there is a difference. It's, it's you, you, it's the only person that can compete with Lamar in terms of popularity on the football field. The way that the kids go crazy for Lamar, they do the exact same thing, if not more, for Odell Beckham. I mean, it's it's really something to see, especially if you've covered the team during the Lamar era. It's, it hasn't been many popular, overly popular players on the Ravens team besides Lamar. Beckham being here is definitely a total difference. And, I mean, and you see that and the reactions out there. Um, but in terms of on the field, um, like it was a light day first day, you know, there, this is the ramp up period right now. So, um, they're going at full speed a little more than they were in mini camp. Uh, but they still have their times where, you know, they're going at like 70, 80% speed and stuff. Uh, Lamar looks sharp though. I, I gotta say Lamar looked really good yesterday. He was a yeah. uh, pinpoint with a lot of his passes, Uh, Some passes to the side, a lot of his passes to the sidelines. It looked like some of them had like just enough touch on them to get over the the defenders and really fall right into the basket for his receivers. That was one thing I noticed yesterday is that pretty much every catch that the receiver had from a Lamar thrown ball was an easy catch to make. It wasn't like they really had to stretch out or uh, adjust to the ball. Um, The play of the day, which the Ravens ended up posting, uh, was Lamar connecting with Odell on kind of like a curl and go route. And it looked like Rocky. Sent it, kind of bit on that curl. Um, Odell is such a smooth route runner. Um, that's something that's just not going to change regardless of how healthy he is. This is a dude that is one of the premier route runners in the league. He wins right off the line of scrimmage. Um, and so you got to really see that on that play. Uh, so that was, that was pretty much the highlight of the day. Uh, Zay Flowers is as electric, as advertised i mean the dude is just so shifty to lamar nicknamed him joystick i I did ask lamar you know who's more dangerous in the open field between he and zay and you know he basically said both of them will have their moments which i'm 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 sure they will but zay had a nice highlight uh caught a caught a drag route from lamar and put a little move on roquan smith and have roquan uh, I mean, it, you definitely heard the ooze out there from the sideline when and it was so subtle. It was a, it was just a little quick in and out, subtle move, and you don't see Roquan get put on skates too often. Uh, but that just kind of shows you how how shifty Zay Flowers is. So I'm, I, I think it's, you know, it, I'm excited to see what the offense is. I I, I do watching the offense yesterday. Very, the, the the tempo was like lightning quick. I mean. The, the time. Oh, so you're telling
1: me that, that we're no longer slow in in, in terms of
0: getting the no. play in and then getting
1: to the line of scrimmage.
0: I don't believe so. i okay. I, think those day, I think those days are over. And we talked oh. to Morgan Moses. We talked to Morgan Moses on Tuesday, yeah. and that was one of the things he 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 talked about is the fact that they are getting in and out of the huddle faster. And I think that even when they're it, and in, in the practice setting, even if they're not necessarily getting in the huddle, they're getting in the habit of getting to the line of scrimmage quickly, uh, because at the end of the day, Lamar's going to have the power to uh, change the plays at the line of scrimmage. And in order for him to do that, he's got to have enough time to get to the line and survey the defense and see exactly what he has and what play he needs to put them in. So that was definitely a good thing to see. So um, Lamar did have the one lone pick. To Kyle Hamilton, he kind of—I mean, he—it was a bad ball. He threw it into double coverage. I think this time of year, and we saw it last year too. He does try things. Uh, He—he's just going to, you know, even a pass he knows he probably can't make. He tried to throw it to Nelson Aguilar in double coverage, um, and Kyle Hamilton just went up and just made a nice play on the ball. But other than that, man, it was a—it was a smooth day. Nothing injury-wise to necessarily talk about uh, Jordan Swan did leave practice early um, with the trainers. Um, but that, and that was really early in practice, but outside of that um, pretty healthy. Uh, the rookie Sala was in it starting guard again. So it looks like he's kind of taking in that in his
1: way. Yeah. yeah
0: and and that, if, if he ends up winning that job, that'll be, uh, a huge boost for the Ravens who drafted this guy in what the fifth or sixth round. I think it was the sixth round and uh, to be able to draft him there. And he's kind of already ready to get plugged into the uh, starting left guard spot. I think would say a lot.
1: Yeah. I want to go back to the Zay flowers situation. Cause I saw, you know, people talking um, about Zay flowers via social media. And so I am curious to know, like your, um, just what you've seen from him. You know, we heard a lot of talk about him um, before the draft and after he got drafted. And I think it's important to, you know, put some of those comparisons to Hollywood Brown to rest. Um, because I, I, I think the essential um, comparison is that they're the same size. But you're mm-hmm. you mentioning that he did a drag route. That is something that um, I would not think Brown would ever do. Um, and, and honestly, those are things that I felt like were missing um, in this offense that was not done regularly. So that is something that I'm very curious to know in terms of like what you saw, just a little glimpse um, of what you saw from Zay, how, how, how you, you know, feel about him early on.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the the comparisons to Hollywood, I I, I would say, probably aren't as accurate as people would think. Like you said, I think a lot of it is with the size and the speed. Um, And that's fair. But this dude is, I think, more of a true football player than Hollywood was. He doesn't he's not shying away from contact, um, not necessarily going down, avoiding the contact like this is a dude that can run the entire route tree. And I think the Ravens know that, and they're going to have him do that. I mean, he's going to be all over the field. They're going to line him up all over, all over the field. And I think that we're going to see them find new and creative ways to get him the ball for sure. I I think that they really like Zay Flowers a lot. Every time we talk to John Harbaugh about him, or we talk to one of the players on the team about him, they light up about Zay Flowers. He's just such an energetic uh, presence. Um, And, He's, he's always got a smile on his face. I, I, I've i been saying he hasn't stopped smiling since he's been drafted. And we'll talk to him today, and I'm sure he'll – I mean, we'll talk to him and Odell Beckham uh, today. So I'm sure we'll have a, a, a lot to get to with both of those guys. But um, in terms of what I'm seeing from Zay, I, I just think that this is a dude that is going to be somebody that defenses have to locate. Every pre-snap you have to find out. And the Ravens have a couple of those guys, you know, to be honest with you, you still got Andrews, you still got Beckham, you know, and whenever JK Dobbins gets out there, you know, he's going to be another one that they're going to key on as well. But Zay is just, I I think he's going to give a lot of matchup problems for defenses because he's, he's shifty and quick and fast, but at the same time, he's also strong. He's, he's, he's stronger than, he looks and I think that's one of the things that sets him apart from some of the smaller receivers is that he actually plays big. Right. Um, so I'm, right. I'm excited to see him uh in that in, in the slot on the outside, because I, I think he could really win any one on one matchup that he's in.
1: I, i'm I'm excited to see um I'm excited to see what that's gonna be and uh, look I'm excited for Odell too I made a joke that Odell out here trying to um steal my flow because you know <laughs> he got the
0: blonde going it on. it is eerily similar
1: very I'm just saying you know I, I see you Od- I know you've done the blonde before I remember but this is platinum this is a silver blonde I don't remember the silver blonde before so I feel like you know you saw my pictures and was like oh she ain't gonna one up me. And and I'm cool with that because it looks really really good. I, it it was fun seeing the kids be really excited about Odell. Mm-hmm. It just it's just just a good vibe. It looked like it was a really good vibe yesterday, which is yeah. what it is. That you look for you know when training camp comes, the kids really make it fun. Right.
0: No, they yeah. were out there. They're yelling the whole practice. they in. Some of them said some funny things that had me laughing just randomly. I mean it, it it's just so wholesome, you know that you, mm-hmm. these kids really. I mean it's it's different when they're meeting Lamar Jackson, when they're meeting Odell Beckham. I mean, you can't help, but smile watching, watching them smile and watching them, uh, uh, make these kids day and they get a kick out of doing it. Like Odell is out there running with the crowd and and all of that stuff. And he's got his son waiting for him on the field, you know, uh, Lamar, same thing. Lamar not only is already kind of running the crowd and, and talking to kids on the way to talking to us. But even after he gets done talking with us, he goes right back out there, and, and he's going back to the kids. So, I mean, it's, it's clearly something that um, means a lot to them, uh, and it means a lot to the kids as well. Absolutely. So we'll get more
1: uh, analysis from you from spring training, spring training. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only, still in baseball mode, you from training camp. Uh, As we continue going with the the training camp process, we'll get more updates from you this summer.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: So one of the people that was missing from training camp that was uh, obvious is running back J.K. Dobbins. Now, Dobbins has been put on the PUP list, um, which is physically unable to perform. However, um, I think... If you're a person who thinks critically, you have to wonder if Dobbins is holding in once again, similar to what happened in many camps um, or or rumored to be happening in many camps um, as well. As we know, and we've talked about. You know, plenty of times on this podcast, Cordell, the running backs are not happy um, with the contract situations that they're in. Um, Ironically, uh, not long after our last podcast, Saquon Barkley signed um, a $10 million uh, deal, one-year deal with the Giants with like $2 million in incentives, which honestly um, was not a good look because they can tag him again. (laughs) <laughs> for two more consecutive years. So um, basically, they just added a little bit of glitter to the franchise tag amount, and then they still had the opportunity to tag him as well. But we know that JK was in that Zoom call that happened this past weekend, and we know that he's not happy about um, his contract situation. So, you know, people are going to ask is it really pup? Is he really not? you know, um, a hundred percent or they want to, you know, preserve him or is he holding in and they're just trying to save face?
0: (sighs) It's the number one question right now. I mean, it's tough to not assume that JK is not that he's holding in. It's it's tough to not assume that because of what we just saw him doing mini camp. Um, and you know, he's, I know he's dealing with the knee issue, um, possibly a hamstring as well um so there is i think there is a little validity to him not being there for injury related issues but i i'm not going to say that it's to the point to where jk can't practice um so we'll we'll see you know i think it's kind of one of those things to where it's a day-to-day situation with jk honestly it's kind of just like when is he going to be ready uh to get on the field and actually get the season going. And look, I, I, I commend him. He's, he's sticking to it right now. Um, usually I do side with players and I, and I, and I don't like what's going on with the running back situation. And I understand JK has had a un, unprecedented type of career to this point. It's unusual, very right. unusual the way his career has unfolded uh, to this point. And he's not happy with the way things have gone for him in the past. And I understand all of that. Uh, I just keep coming back to, I think the best thing JK can do for himself is to get out there and get on the field, show what he can do, put together the best year of his career and ultimately get paid. If not here in Baltimore somewhere else at the end of the year, because at the end of the day, the Ravens aren't the only team in the NFL. Um, But it's just kind of on JK, you know, when is he going to say that enough is enough? I'm ready to get back to playing football. And it just doesn't seem like he's there yet. And, you know, Harbs, he doesn't know what to say. You know, he's asked about it yesterday and he's like, it's a JK question. It's, you know, he wishes it was simpler than it is, but it's just not. And this is just the business side of the NFL. And, I I just, I just think that this is, you look around the league, it's happening at the running back position. Of course, Uh, that's been so, you know, that's the talking topic right now, but it's all over the place. It's not just running backs. We're seeing offensive linemen hold out. We're seeing uh, Chris Chris Jones hold out in Kansas city right now. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's the business of the NFL. And I, I, this is part of, this is one of those times where I, where I say, like having an agent definitely makes things easier for you as a player. It takes yep. stuff off of your plate. Yeah. But it doesn't guarantee that things are going to be easy on it. the business side of the NFL is so unique and difficult in its own right that it doesn't matter whether you have representation or not. And really, I think sometimes representation can stare you and it, it can can force it to be a little more dramatic than it probably should be. I I I, I am I have kind of been told that JK's uh, that people are maybe questioning some of his representation right now, questioning what they uh, what their intentions are. Do they have JK's best interest at heart right now, considering what the running back market is, considering that JK Dobbins doesn't have really any leverage in this situation right now? I I don't know how anybody who's representing him can condone him Holding in right now. I mean, I, I just don't know what he's going to gain from this situation. And I want him. I want to see JK get paid. I think JK's a heck of a player. I really do. But I, I just don't know what the end game will be for him unless it's just him ultimately getting out there on the practice field and it's back to your regularly scheduled program.
1: Well, well, J.K.'s, the one thing that does come from this from from his perspective, um, that's probably beneficial for him is that he's not going to play. And if he if he doesn't play in training camp, then that keeps his legs healthy for the upcoming season, which, you know, because we know that he got injured two years ago and. uh wasn't able to play. He had a knee injury, so it keeps him healthy. I mean, I mean that that's the one positive that comes out of this is that you would expect him to have some fresh legs um, come week one because I expect him, you know, to play if he's not really injured and this is some type of precautionary measure. Then you have to expect him to play week one. Um, so there's that part of it. Other than that, I don't really see what the benefit is, because like you said, nothing's going to change. And the the sad thing about this is, is that the CBA is what it is. And it it was created. Players had an opportunity to review it and they had an opportunity to say yay or nay. And while it barely passed, which tells me that there was some language in the CBA that a lot of players didn't like, it still passed, which means there's nothing you can do until 2030 when it's time to do something else. So um, the only thing that I can see that's a positive that comes out of this is the fact that JK can keep himself fresh for the upcoming season. I'm aware of the Melvin uh Gordon signing. I don't feel any type of way about it, even though I know that this is more than just a quote unquote body signing. Um, but I think that I think Melvin Gordon is a better football player than J.K. Dobbins. Just I mean, excuse me, is not a better player than J.K. Dobbins simply on the strength of he can't keep the ball. He does not know how to hold on to the ball. So J.K.'s not lost his job. I don't think that that's going to be the case. You know, whether he plays in training camp or not, that's not going to be the case. He's still the number one running back on this team and he'll contribute when it's his time. But from a leverage perspective, this makes no sense at all. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, while I agree that I'm not really sure if someone is telling him that this is what he should be doing, um, it's a great idea. Well, that's coming from the team. Of course, they're going to say that. Of course, that's what they're supposed to say. Well, I don't understand how this is going to be beneficial for him, but maybe there's some type of plan that, that we don't know about yet that is in place to try to gain some type of leverage. And obviously that's to be continued, But that really is the only thing that I I gather from this. That being said, I I don't think J.K. misses a beat. And I think he will still be the number one back whenever he gets back on the field, basically.
0: We'll see. I think he should be, right? I I think he is the best. I mean, without question, he's the best running back they have on the team. Right. Todd Munkin just strikes me as the type of guy that just, he, he, he can fight fire with fire. And I do want, Todd Munkin's coaching style is so hands-on that I do think J.K. is missing some stuff. It's that's just, fair, and that's fair. You know, just because he he corrects things as he sees them in real time. And J.K. has yet to be coached by, by Todd Munkin to this point. It's one thing to study the playbook and understand your assignment, but it's another thing to have your offensive coordinator actually fully go into detail about what exactly he wants you to do on every single play. Um, so I think he'll be a little behind in that. And I do wonder that if he does, let's say he decides to show up last week of training camp leading into the regular season or something like that. Like if they don't decide to let Gus and the guys who have been there that and have actually been able to be coached on the field by Todd Monk and if they don't allow them to get a little more of – the, the reps just because they have a better understanding of ex, of what exactly Todd Monken is looking for. And, and and in terms of the Melvin Gordon, I, 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 to be honest, and I think we talked about this the other day, I've been a little conflicted on trying to figure out what exactly Melvin Gordon's signing meant. Like it's on surface level. Sure. You'd look at it and be like, is this a insurance policy for JK Dobbins? Yeah. Is this a, you know, is this just them trying to bolster their running back room or or what's going on? And to be honest, the more I've looked at it and the more I've thought about it, I would not be surprised if this is maybe a Gus insurance policy over a J.K. Dobbins insurance policy, just because you look at it, Melvin Gordon and Gus kind of have a similar uh, type of running style. Both of them are kind of brutes in that own right and in their own right. And Gus you know, Gus has dealt with injuries himself for the last two years. He's been, he was another one that was kind of trying to work his way back during mini camp and OTA. So how healthy is Gus going to be this year? We don't know, but if Gus goes down, they don't have another bruising back if outside of Melvin Gordon. So I I, I could look at the Melvin Gordon and kind of say, okay, he could be a healthy and a, a, a game day and active still. But if Gus Edwards goes down, I think, we would see Melvin Gordon kind of slide right into that Gus Edwards role, and he gives them something as a, a pass catcher. Out of, he, he's the best pass catching back in this backfield right now, to be honest with you. I mean, he's the only one that's really done it at this level consistently. Um, so I, I, it's, it's the, this backfield is just a weird dynamic right now, obviously because of what's going on with J.K. Um, but the sooner he gets back out there, the better for him and the team. But I, I, I do wonder what – if he waits too long to get out there, if it could impact him as a starter to start the year, just because like I said, he hasn't been able to get that hands-on coaching from Todd Monk. And, and I could just tell you that means a lot to Monk. And he, you know, he he is on these guys after every play and what he sees. And I, I just think, He's not. If he gets into the game and J.K. doesn't go to the holy one, like I don't. He doesn't strike me as a guy that has a lot of patience. That, right. That's what say about monkey.
1: And and that's a fair point. I think that your point is valid. Like you said, this is a new offensive system that J.K. has not really been a part of in terms of implementation. So. It's very possible that, you know, they're going to be like, well, we're okay. you're you're not here. We're going to slow grow you into Mm -hmm. this offense, which doesn't help J.K. at all in that regard. Um, So it will be interesting. The J.K. saga continues. Is he hurt? Is he holding in? We'll find out sooner or later as the Ravens turn. So, of course, every year they do the 100 top NFL players list that you see on NFL Network. Um, Admittedly, Cordell, I am not a huge fan of this. Um, It feels like a popularity contest, much like the Pro Bowl. Although, I'm not going to lie, the year that Lamar was number
0: one. That's the year you agreed. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, everybody agreed, right? He was, unanimous, yeah. he was a unanimous MVP, so everybody agreed. Yeah. I, I wasn't wrong yeah. for that, you know. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, uh, I don't really love these lists. I, I, I don't um, because I don't think that they are accurate descriptions of how impact players are. So, so far, we've seen three Ravens, one the top 100 list and it goes by the following marlon humphrey came in and debuted for the ravens at number 92. tight end mark andrews tight end mark andrews that mark andrews came in at number 80. and then quarterback lamar jackson quarterback lamar jackson i just gotta be i just gotta clarify these things came in at number 72. Mm. so when you see these lists or this particular list and you see this ranking for these three players, which one to you, all of them feel egregious to me. All of them are, are ridiculous to me. And I, I'm going to make a case essentially why all of these are, are a bunch of BS, but which one to you comes off to be the most ridiculous in terms of where they fell?
0: Ah. Uh. I would probably have to say. I mean, the the all of them are I, I think are a little crazy. I agree. Um, I would say Lamar and Andrews are probably the most egregious ones. Uh, I would probably have to go with Lamar just because if it's the quarterback position and they usually give quarterbacks the bump up. So for to see Lamar fall off, I mean, this is a unanimous MVP we're talking about. And I get it. That was, what, four years ago now at this point. Um, He's still a really, really, really good player. And I I think he's going to get back to that this year. Um, But, look, I, I can also understand it. Lamar's been hurt the last two years, the back end of the last two years. He hasn't been that MVP guy for the majority of the season. Um, I just expected him to be more, at least closer to the top 50 than the bottom of the top 75. Mark Andrews, um, I mean, you talk about him as being one of the top three tight ends in the league right now. And I just feel like if you're a top three at any position, it's tough for you to be 80. You know, I mean, are there offensive linemen I'm taking over Mark Andrews? Sure, but not a ton of them. You right. know, not a, not a ton of them. I mean, it's I, I would take Mark Andrews over a lot of wide receivers, me personally. So, I I get it though. I, I I've said it so many times that the offense that the Ravens have been in under Greg Roman has, I think, devalued some of the players around the league nationally um, that are on the Ravens team. I don't think people look at Lamar and Mark Andrews and and the guys that they have. I mean, Ronnie Stanley hasn't even shown up yet. I don't even know if he's going to be on the top hundred list at this point, if they already put Lamar on there. Um, And I I just think that the way that nationally people look at the Ravens offense is kind of just like, eh, it's, it's not exciting. It's boring. I mean, I've, I've heard the term, I've used the word boring for the Ravens offense the last couple of years. So I, I think that's a part of what goes into it. It's just that, that's their reputation. It, it's tough to really uh, gauge how good some of these offensive guys are because of the scheme that they were in. And that offense the last couple of years at various points became tough to watch. Um, yeah. So I, I understand that, especially coming off of last year, where they just it just felt like they couldn't score over 13 points in a game last year down the stretch. So um, I, I totally get that, but I still think, Lamar and Andrews are the most egregious ones on that list. Uh,
1: so I, I do, I agree. I think all of them are egregious. I, I get I get your point. You made a case for Lamar. Um, I'll say this with Lamar. I I think it's egregious as well. Um, that being said, Lamar has missed the last two years at the end of the seasons. Um, and so I think that that, pot- that potentially plays a role into it. That being said, with Mark Andrews, and the conversations that we constantly have about Mark Andrews um, being the top three tight ends um, in the National Football League, and many, of, many people have him second behind Travis Kelsey, him being at 80 is the most ridiculous to me. Um, Mark Andrews has had to deal with Lamar not being there for two consecutive years at the end of the season and has had to be the guy. Um, And then, yes, he, he did miss a game last year, of course, but ultimately um, he can only do as much as, like you mentioned the offense can give him, and as much as Tyler Huntley can give as well. And so um, I don't think that Andrews was utilized at, at, at the best ability based on the fact that they didn't have a whole lot of receivers, particularly when Bateman went down. I constantly argue with the fact that Mark Andrews should be better used outside. And guess what? When they used him outside, he was he played well. So I don't understand why that wasn't a thing. Um, Mark Andrews is still a top tight end in this league. And while I understand that that offense um, that he was in last year, because I, I don't want to say like this offense was not good for Mark Andrews. The year before, he had thirteen hundred yards, one hundred and seven receptions, nine touchdowns. At one point in one season, the twenty nineteen season, he had ten touchdowns. So I'm not going to sit here and act like the Greg Roman offense has not worked for him because we know that he loves tight ends. It actually is beneficial for guys like Mark Andrews. But with everything that was going on in the quarterback situation, um, and, and 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 Andrew's own injury, because he remember he he was dealing with battling mm-hmm. some injuries during. During the season, I just really feel like this is the the most ridiculous, because if you're having a conversation about there's only one guy, maybe two guys that are better than him, this guy should not be ranked at 80. With Lamar, there's always going to be conversations. Lamar is going to be in a top 10 conversation in terms of quarterbacks. So while I do not agree at all with him being at number 72, I think the help, Comes into play, and I think that Lamar has other people have other quarterbacks ranked ahead of Lamar. So I I I can't justify seventy two by how he's lower. Right? I can't justify how I got supposed to be top two in his position is ranked this low. And as far as Marlon Humphrey is concerned, I'm trying to understand. Marlon had a, a pretty good year that and and Marlon gave up no touchdowns. I'm sorry. I don't I don't care what people say. I don't care what y'all think. That is huge to not give up one touchdown for an entire season. That is huge. So for, for him to have that type of feat and only be ranked 92 tells me that. Y'all don't respect, y'all don't, y'all don't give Marlon Humphrey the flowers that I believe that he deserves. So uh, I, I hate all three of these rankings. I think they're terrible. <laughs> and this is not me being um, a, a person that, you know, we talk about the Ravens on this podcast. I'm not being biased here. I'm I'm saying that I completely understand in terms of like, all right, there's some health issues going on. And last year, from an offensive perspective, we know that they didn't play at that Well, um, but ultimately you can't tell me a guy that can't get that, that doesn't give up a touchdown is, is the only um, he's only better than eight people behind him. And then there's 91 people ahead of him that are better. You can't tell me the top two tight end is ranked 80 out of 100. And you certainly can't tell me that a guy in Lamar Jackson is worth 72. I don't know. Again, this is why I hate these lists. They're silly. Um, they're ridiculous. And it's a popularity contest, basically.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, in terms of Marlon, I think for him, he just, and I think Marlon's a heck of a corner myself. I just think when you talk about it nationally, uh, they're yep. all about the turnovers. It's, yep. it's that's, that's what it. it is, if you're not. It, and Marlon got back to the to fruit punch a little bit last year, not as much as it was a couple of years ago, but he popped it out a couple of times. Uh, I remember he had one against the Steelers, I believe, and I, I want to say he had one against Atlanta on Drake London. Um, so I mean, he he's had his moments, but it's just the the lack of interceptions, the the lack of the pick sixes, the lack of the uh, eye popping, uh, you know, one on one jump ball. Marlins going up there to get it. Like I, I think that's just kind of what it is for him. But if, if if you really appreciate his game, then you you see what. Marlon brings out there. Marlon told us yesterday he didn't think it was 91 people better than him uh, in the league either. Um, But look, these lists, nobody's ever going to agree, especially the people who get put on this list or the people who don't get put on this list. It's kind of, unless you're coming in at number one, you probably don't agree with them. Um, So it's just, you know, it's just something that the NFL does just to get, put out content, get people's excitement going for the NFL season. And and they're doing just that.
1: Absolutely. And of course, we're having this conversation right, right now, so working. clearly it's working. <laughs> we're at, well, at least uh, the Madden scores were better. John, you know, Madden is the better indicator here. I'm going to go with Madden being the better indicator here. They got they got the right people in the right spots on Madden. So I'm, I'm going to roll with the Madden rankings over <laughs> these top 100 rankings any day of the week, personally. <laughs> <laughs> all right cordell i can't wait to get more of your analysis from training camp uh this is an exciting time of course football is back and we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast so from cordell to me this is when drive
0: 2400 sports is an odyssey company